Good day, I'm Martin Webb, and welcome to the Climate Report at our new time on the first and third Tuesday of every month on KVMR at 6.30 p.m. Today, we feature an interview with Gina Stasi Vanacor, the Director of Public Affairs, Marketing, and Programs at Pioneer Community Energy, the new community choice aggregation provider serving residents of Nevada City and Grass Valley with electricity beginning next year. This week, residents of those two cities should receive the next round of mailers explaining the rollout of Pioneer, and we hope to shed some light on what this means for the community. So I'm joined today with Gina Stasi Vanacor. She's the Director of Public Affairs, Marketing and Programs at Pioneer Community Energy, a local nonprofit community choice aggregation provider that's been around since 2018. Thanks so much for making time today, Gina. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. Now, before we get started, just so folks can uh, can understand who you are and uh, where you're speaking from, what's what's your per- personal professional background and uh, and how long have you been at Pioneer Community Energy and what's your position there? Okay, so I um, my background is in communications and I started my career many years ago in print and radio. So we do have that in common, Martin. But I have spent the last 20 years or a little more working on energy-related issues, beginning with the energy crisis back in 2001, which really did lead to the CCA movement. Um, And since that time, I've worked on issues related to rolling blackouts, regionalizing the California power grid, net energy metering reform, um, and dam removal at the California-Oregon border. So when I accepted this position at Pioneer early in the year, I was really excited to be here and put all of that energy background to use. And so your your title is the Director of Public Affairs, Marketing, and Programs. That sounds like a pretty large catch-all title. Uh, is this keeping you um, busy with both finding new places to, to expand Pioneer, or you're just busy keeping things going as is? Both, actually. Um, the, a strong and consistent flow of accurate communication to all of our customers is really important. And because we put our customers first, um, that is my priority. But we are looking to expand. We are thrilled to be welcoming Grass Valley and Nevada City into the Pioneer Territory uh, in January. And I suspect that there will be additional expansion as time moves forward. Nice. And and I'm really excited to hear your deep background in energy-related issues, um, specifically going back to 20-some years ago when CCNAs first uh, became a law here in California. So before talking about Pioneer and its entrance into Nevada City and Grass Valley, let's start slowly for our listeners uh, talking about this CCA idea, which is community choice aggregation. It's a new type of power provider created by state law. And what do those three words mean, community choice aggregation? So the idea of community choice aggregation actually came about a little over 20 years ago and resulted from the power crisis of 2001. And really, CCAs, as we are called, um, are exactly what they represent community means that we are locally owned and operated. Um, The communities that we serve are at the heart of everything that we do. Choice 
means that we are an alternative to an investor-owned utility in the case of Nevada City and Grass Valley and this general region, that would be PG&E. And what's really important to note is this is the first time residents and businesses have had a choice in power providers in this area in over 100 years. An aggregate, we're an aggregator. We are part of a joint powers authority, which means we're part of a broader group of local governments who have joined together for the sole purchase, sole purpose of purchasing power on behalf of their residents. Um, we were, you know, we, the first CCA launched in 2010. It has not always been easy, but Pioneer launched in 2018 and had the benefit of learning from those who have gone before. And it really is um, a wonderful program that puts residents and businesses and customers at the heart of everything we do. Now, some folks are are thinking that this is something that's peculiar just to California, but was California the first out of the many states that now offer this type of provider, this community choice aggregation? CCAs are now something that is available by state law on a state-by-state basis, right? There's not a national law that allows this to happen. So my understanding is there's maybe 10 or 12 states that now people can do this, localities, cities, and counties can aggregate together to offer their community a choice. But did California lead the way? Were we the first ones with the CCAs? California did lead the way. There are now 10 other states with CCA programs, um, California, Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Rhode Island, and Virginia. Um, it is an idea that is gaining popularity, uh, but with so many other things, California definitely is a leader in this area. And so it, what I found interesting was that the, the law that created this concept of a community choice provider, um, while it was 20 years ago, 20 plus years ago, um, that, that didn't really start to take root until 2010, like you said, but now it seems to be really gaining traction and steam. How many different CCAs are now operating in California and serving what size of the population? Because I've heard things like within a few short years, 80% of Californians will likely be able to be served by these new CCA entities. What, what do you hear and know on the inside? How many of you are there in the state? Right now, there are 25 operational CCAs throughout California, and that translates to serving 14 million customers and 200 plus cities, counties, and towns. There also is an association of CCAs where we come together and share the best ideas and best practices um, and really do the best we can for our customers. And so the idea is that it's it's a local nonprofit that's using the aggregated buying power of a community, so to speak, in order to then procure power on its citizens' behalf, so that right now we're discussing this rollout into just the city limits of Nevada City and just the city limits of Grass Valley. Only those residents will be the ones that will have their sort of community choice buying power aggregated, and the unincorporated parts of the county um, won't be able to have that. That is correct. Now, the, I want to talk a little bit about the, the CCA versus PG&E because a lot of people have been confused. Um, so many people have such ill will towards PG&E that anything that seems like an alternative they're hoping is a complete full takeover of the grid. And that's 
really not what's happening. The public's used to sort of having a, a simplified view where there's just one big utility. They make all the power. They own the lines. But in California, my understanding is that the utility companies really are now mainly making money and in charge of keeping the grid up. And then they don't necessarily make their own power. They buy their power from power providers. And so Pioneer as a CCA is not necessarily replacing PG&E as a full-on wires and poles utility. You're just going to be a new source of power for them that people can ask for. Is that sort of a good way of framing it? That's absolutely correct. What Pioneer represents is a choice for energy consumers. And what makes it easiest to understand is understanding the, the three elements in the energy equation. There's generation, which are, is the electrons that are put on the grid that Pioneer will be purchasing. And then PG&E still owns the lines and poles for transmission and delivery to customers' houses. So uh, what in essence will happen is customers who move over to Pioneer will become customers of both Pioneer and PG&E. And we do work cooperatively with PG&E and um, and there will be one bill for customers with a line item for Pioneer Community Energy on the bill. It is not a duplicative charge. Uh, it just shows um, an unbundled fee for generation charges. And, and one of the things then that I found interesting, because years ago, um, our local um, sort of quasi-public uh, agency, NID, that manages our, our ditch and canal water, they were looking at becoming a CCA. And they had explained that, um, yeah, we're not really competing with PG&E um, as far as threatening their profit model. PG&E makes their money off of the grid now, and they are sort of agnostic as far as, look, if you want to get your power from Pioneer, that's fine. We're still going to make our money keeping the grid up. So it's not necessarily an antagonistic uh, relationship. In some cases, um, PG&E you know, fine. Go ahead and do that. Correct, because CCAs really are about choice in electricity, in electricity providers. And so when it comes to one of the things that I've noticed um, that was peculiar and sometimes is confusing once this rollover happens to Pioneer is there's a special charge that's called a PCIA, Power Charge and Difference Adjustment. And of course, all these acronyms and big um, words can be confusing to people. But my understanding is that one of the only impacts really to PG&E's bottom line is that they have signed long-term power contracts for the citizens of Nevada City and Grass Valley um, and other Pioneer customers. And when someone switches over to Pioneer, that means that PG&E is left on the hook having to pay for power that they no longer need to provide because now they're getting it from Pioneer. And that PCIA charge is relatively small. It's far offset by the savings in most bills, but th that's what that charge is intended to do. Is that correct? To sort of honor that, well, PG&E had signed contracts and there's going to be a little extra charge in order to take care of that fact that they signed contracts and now Pioneer customers are going to drop out of those needs, basically. That is a really good question, and it is something that causes confusion. Uh, PG&E, like most utilities, will procure power for their customers years in advance. So when customers leave for a CCA like Pioneer, then the customers remaining with PG&E are stuck with those contracts, which is why there is an ex exit fee. However, 
as those contracts expire, those costs are then removed from the exit fee. Another thing to, that's important to note is that those contracts are revalued every year against the power supply market. And when power supply prices are high, as they are right now, those contracts are worth more and the exit fee is reduced. So for 2024, Nevada City and Grass Valley should see a a negative or near zero exit fee. Oh, interesting. Okay. So it's something that, that changes depending on the power market. Correct. And so one of the things I've noticed, because I've spent a career reading PG&E bills, um, as well as public utility bills like SMUD in Sacramento, Truckee Don are up bill. And um, I have to say the one biggest point of confusion and reason of confusion when it comes to switching over to Pioneer it's just understanding how to read the bill. And from what I've seen is that people should expect to see a couple of new lines on their bill. One line is going to be a big discount off of PG&E because they're no longer using PG&E's sources of generation. And so PG&E is going to have this negative line that says, here's your credit, a generation credit. We're no longer making your power pioneer is Here's a big fat credit. And then underneath that are usually a couple other small charges like the ones we talked about. And then there will be a second page after that that shows your new pioneer charges. And for people to understand whether or not they're saving money, it's merely looking at your credit from PG&E on one page, comparing it to your pioneer charge on the other page, seeing which is larger. Are you finding that this all this confusion and chit-chat and mystery and worry seems to be centered around just people not being able to read their bills. And to their credit, utility bills are hard to read. Correct. Bills are incredibly confusing and they're complicated. Um, but what customers can expect when they become Pioneer customers is they will get one bill. Um, all customers, whether you are with Pioneer or with PG&E, are billed for transmission and delivery services then there will be a line item for Pioneer, which is for generation. And that line item is not in addition to other PG&E generation charges. It is in lieu of. So what you will see is an unbundled bill, and PG&E pays Pioneer. And if there are questions or concerns, we have a customer care team that can walk people through the bill. They are incredibly knowledgeable and incredibly patient. So if there are any issues, we would encourage them to call Pioneer. And so that's an important thing then to make sure everyone's prepared for that does decide to take service. And we'll talk about opting in and opting out because it's voluntary. But when, when they do begin to take service, there won't be a separate bill. They won't be paying Pioneer directly anything, it'll still be a PG&E bill. They'll still just get one electric bill, but there will be a new page just showing how much their power is from Pioneer, and uh, and then there will be a new credit coming off of their PG&E side. And, and I think that's been a point of confusion that, um, that – this is the way that I describe it, and tell me if you think this makes sense, because this is how my mind wrapped around it. As I tell people, imagine that um, – uh, McDonald's has a monopoly on, on the local fast food chains. And so everyone has to go to McDonald's. And when you go to McDonald's, you buy their hamburger and it's their own ingredients. However, they source it and get it and they pay you pay them and they give you a bill, a bill, a receipt. And a CCA is like now being able to go to McDonald's and say, hey, we would like you to get your beef 
from this local nonprofit beef provider. And the idea is that um, then that supports the local community more. There's some more local control. And in most, if not all cases in California, the CCAs can actually provide cheaper beef so that that hamburger from McDonald's will be supporting the local economy and maybe even a, a slightly lower price. But you're still going to McDonald's. You're still buying their burger. You're still paying their bill. You're just saying, I'd like you to get the beef from our local nonprofit providers. That's sort of a, a way for some people to understand what's happening with pg e versus Pioneer. In, in some ways, yes. Um, there will only be one line added to the PG&E bill, and that line will read Pioneer Community Energy Generation Electricity Generation Charges. There will, won't be any line item for PG&E generations or for PG&E generation because Pioneer now fulfills that role. Mm -hmm. And it, but there will be a credit. Is that correct? Because I thought when I look at a PG&E bill, there's usually a new line item on the PG&E page that shows a generation credit. And then there's a new line item that shows Pioneer charges. And for me, um, working with the community and trying to peel apart whether they're paying more or paying less type of thing, that's been really the easiest thing that I've been able to point people towards. Are you saying that that generation credit line will no longer appear or there will be a PG&E generation credit line plus a Pioneer charges line? So there are several different rates. Um, and it really depends on what rate level you uh, customer is in. For most residential customers without solar, you will not see a generation credit. Mm. Uh, generation credits do show up for solar customers. Okay. Well, then I guess I'll have to look at some of the new PG&E bills because there's um, because PG&E typically for Pioneer shows a dollar amount that 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 is a generation credit for off of their PG&E bill. So if people have questions, I guess that they should just make sure they reach out to Pioneer. Um, would you say that people sh it would be better served calling Pioneer than PG&E customer service when it comes to understanding their bill? I think it really depends. And this is where PG&E and Pioneer work very cooperatively because, again, we are sharing the customers. Um, I can speak to the, the commitment and expertise of Pioneer's customer care team. They have, they're patient, they're knowledgeable, and I would really encourage anyone who has challenges or just doesn't understand why things are happening the way they are to call Pioneer. Okay. Well, and go ahead and tell us about the rollout of services then to just these two cities. It's, it's not in Truckee. It's not in unincorporated Nevada County right now. It's just residents of Nevada City and Grass Valley. Folks should be getting another round of mailers this week um, about the rollout. When do they take service and what are the possible benefits and are there any risks? Okay. There's a lot to unpack there. Um, so for Grass Valley and Nevada City, we are in the process of reaching out to members of the community, residents, businesses, to make sure they understand what what is going on. It is confusing. It's complicated. For some people, it's a little bit scary. So uh, we are hoping that most people by now have received a couple different types of mail from us, letting them know who Pioneer is, what to expect. 
Um, we're trying to answer some of the most frequently asked questions so that they uh, understand a little bit better what will happen in January. And then in addition to that, we are also sending required regulatory notices uh, at the 60-day and the 30-day mark. So the 60-day notices um, should be hitting actually this week, letting people know that they will be automatically enrolled. And then we will mail again in December to make sure people know what's happening. We plan to launch in January, and the launch date for customers will correspond to their meter read dates. And they will become Pioneer customers the day after their meter is read because that marks the first day of a new billing cycle. I see. And so not necessarily January 1st then, but it, but as after January 1st, it will happen at their next meter reading. Correct. It, we, the day after their meters are read, customers will become, will transition over to Pioneer. And then after the launch, we will send notices again at 30 and 60 days to make sure people understand what's happening. And the importance of the March 2024 date is, you know, it, it, again, people can choose to stay with PG&E and they can opt out at, at any time with Pioneer and there's no charge for that. There's always a choice. But after March of 2024, if customers want to opt back into Pioneer, they do have to wait one year. I see. Yeah. So people can't just opt in and opt out and go back and forth month to month. There, there, eventually, there's going to be a waiting period where you've got to stay with one or the other for a year before you flip. Correct. And it, let, let's talk about for just a moment this um, mandatory, not mandatory, but this automatic enrollment, because uh, what I've been seeing for the chatter in our community, and I remember watching this um, five years ago when Pioneer rolled out in Placer County, that it's looked at as some sort of nefarious thing. But uh, actually, it's demanded by state law that people are automatically enrolled, because my understanding is the research shows that if people aren't automatically enrolled, that um, the opt-in rates are extraordinarily low. But if people are automatically enrolled and given a choice to opt out, then um, the enrollment rates are, are much, much higher. And so this isn't some sort of um, menacing choice. You guys are, are actually forced to have people automatically enroll and then people must opt out. But again, it's intended to be a good thing to make sure that people get these uh, possible benefits that are, are purported to be offered by CCAs. That is correct. We are mandated by law to automatically enroll entire communities. And a lot of that has to do with making sure that everyone in the communities served by a CCA has access to the benefits that CCA provides. The other thing that really is important is, again, going back to the idea of purchasing power in advance, it allows CCAs to plan for the amount of power that they might need to uh, service the communities. Right. I see. So, yeah, that's true. If if you can get everyone signed up initially, then that allows you to know what size contracts and, and power you actually need to provide. Um, and so let's talk uh, quickly then about the some of the main attributes that I've uh, heard when it comes to CCAs and I've witnessed myself. The, the three things that I think of are that, number one, um, almost half of a PG&E bill, roughly speaking, stays then in the community that when you pay a PG&E bill, all of that money leaves the community. But with a CCA like Pioneer, 
about half of the bill or maybe a little bit less is generation charges. And now that won't go out of town to PG&E. It will stay in the community with Pioneer. Is, is that a misunderstanding or how, how true is that? I don't think that it is accurate to assign 50% or particular uh, percentages. But what I can tell you is Pioneer and most CCAs are really committed to reinvesting in the communities that we serve. So, for example, since we began in 2018, we have saved our customers $85 million, Martin, and that money has been reinvested into the communities that we serve, often through um, generation projects or um, things of that nature. And so really what you can expect from a CCA and Pioneer in particular is very competitive rates. Um, there's a lot of rate stability. We only change our rates once a year, where sometimes PG&E changes rates several times a year. We are powered by the communities that we serve. Um, we, our board is comprised of local elected leaders, meaning that, um, the, again, the communities that we serve have a voice in the in the way we do things. And we're flexible in our options. And so... so is it, so, yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, so, we're, so we have a community advisory committee, for example, that helps us uh, shape the programs that we create. So there is definitely a community voice that helps us prioritize our programs. And in fact, if anyone is interested in joining the community advisory committee, we would love to have them. And the application is on our website, www pioneercommunityenergy.org. Well, and you answered one of my questions, which is, uh, you know, who runs Pioneer? So it, it is a, a true to form. It's a local, locally run nonprofit. The board are um, uh, is made up of elected officials from your territory. So people from uh, the cities and the counties that you serve, those elected officials are on the board. So people do have some sort of say through their vote on who is actually running Pioneer. That is correct. And so what have you seen have been the historical opt-out rates um, as you've been in, in business for the last few years? So Pioneer currently serves eight member agencies, which are the counties of Placer and El Dorado, Rockland, Loomis, Lincoln, Auburn, Colfax, Placerville, and then beginning in January, Nevada City and Grass Valley. And every territory is a little bit different because the dynamics are a little bit different. But on average, we have about an 85% participation rate. Interesting. And it'll be interesting to see what happens here. Um, I, I'm uh, curious and we'll be revisiting uh, the rollout and uh, we'll see what the, what the community thinks and whether there are still points of confusion as the rollout happens. How can people know when it's happening? Uh, they're just going to see a new charge on their bill, essentially. They will see a new charge on their bill. But again, it is not a duplicative charge. It takes the place of the charge that PG&E had. And keep in mind, if people are worried about um, saving money, one of the things that Pioneer um, we does is 92% of our operating budget goes to power purchase um, and power supply. We do not have huge overhead or a large corporate headquarters down in Oakland. So we really are very lean and we reinvest 
into the communities that we serve. Well, I really appreciate you, you making time. We've been speaking with um, Gina Stasi Vanacore, the Director of Public Affairs, Marketing and Programs at Pioneer Community Energy, the new community choice aggregation provider that will begin serving residents of Nevada City and Grass Valley beginning next year. Um, any closing words, uh, any more info, or where should people go if they're looking for more info? Just the website? So there are a couple things I would like to reiterate, Martin. Mm-hmm. One is... We are here for the community, and we want to be a part of the community. So we are located down in Rockland as our headquarters on 2510 Warren Drive. If if you have a customer that needs some special attention, we are happy to walk them through anything they need to, in person. We have customer care lines. We also have an email at, at info at pioneercommunityenergy.org. And then we've got the website, so we're making ourselves very accessible. And if there are organizations that would like someone from Pioneer to come out and talk to them, we would be more than happy to do so because we do recognize that it's confusing and it's complicated, and we're here to make everything a little bit easier. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. And um, maybe after the first of the year, we'll revisit and have you back on the air. Thank you so much, Martin. And uh, take care. We've been talking to Gina Astasi Vanacor again with Pioneer Community Energy. That's all for today's Climate Report, broadcasting and podcasting here on KVMR-FM and at kvmr.org. Now every first and third Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. I'm Martin Webb. As always, today's show will be archived and posted to the KVMR website podcast page for sharing or re-listening. For questions or comments, feel free to email climatereport at kvmar.org. 